We got one game in the books from week five, and are the Bears back? Is Justin Fields fixed? Chase Claypool traded to Miami, and the rest of the picks for week five come up on today's Peacock and Williams. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL. You can find us on all the socials. And of course, you got to be subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast, just like the everydayers are. We appreciate you. Uh, a lot to get to, into on today's show, which is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, Matt. Uh, we got to start with the news of the day, which is the the trace the chase <laughs> chase Claypool trade saga is now over, and it twice in in inside of a calendar year. Uh, in fact, it was last October, right, that he was traded to the Chicago Bears from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now we have the details here. The Chicago Bears told him to stay home the last couple of games of which the Bears have looked a lot better, more on that momentarily. And uh, according to Diana Rossini, the Chicago Bears are trading wide receiver Chase Claypool to the Miami Dolphins, and it will be a 2025 sixth-round pick from Miami and a seventh-rounder from that 2025 draft, so not this year's upcoming draft, but the next draft after that, a seventh-rounder going back. So swap of sixth and sevenths in the 2025 draft to send Chase Claypool from Chicago to Miami. So one year one year sooner, which means one round better of uh, a trade value that the Bears got versus what the Rams got when they uh, made a trade recently and sent Cam Akers packing. Uh, and that was the 2026 draft. So uh, almost as little as you could possibly trade for an NFL player. Uh, <laughs> The Cam Akers one was even less than this one. I mean, I don't even know what the Dolphins are getting in Chase Claypool right now. Clearly, he's more talented than what he did for the Bears, but what a bust of a trade. Unbelievable. It ended up being the 32nd pick in the draft since the Miami Dolphins, by the way, which is the team that that didn't have a first-rounder, which made basically that second-round trade of Claypool from Pittsburgh to Chicago become, become basically a late first. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Bad business by the Bears, obviously. I mean, good for them. They won last night, and they played very well. But there's been some odd things, like this move, obviously. You know, recently, right before that, they trade Roquan Smith because they didn't want to pay a linebacker big money, and they got, you know, second-round picks and whatnot, and then they go pay two linebackers, namely Tremaine Edmonds, big money. You know, like some some odd roster decisions for this team. I find it kind of funny that Akers, Claypool, some of these brand name guys basically get traded for nothing. Um, they're not even huge contract, you know, situations at this point, but he's been very disappointing. I mean, the Steelers and Bears tried to make him a big slot, but he doesn't really like the block. His combine numbers make him look like a better athlete, more explosive player than he really was. But the one of my big concerns for the Dolphins all year was 
if you were to lose Waddle and Hill, and I realize they just scored 70 points without Waddle in one game, you know, who are the other pass catchers there? So adding somebody to the mix makes some sense. Yeah, they, they you know, their third receiver is River Craycraft, and mm-hmm. he's gotten banged up as well. So I think a depth thing for the Miami Dolphins that maybe think, I oh, maybe we can fix them a little bit, or it'll yeah. be a better situation for him here than what happened in Chicago, which clearly wasn't working. For Chase Claypool, and clearly the Bears didn't need him either because they played their best two games in two s- since he's been there without him. Um, they told him to stay away, they didn't want him in the facility. Right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, a problem on and off the field really was was Chase Claypool, and because he had a big rookie year and then kind of fell mm-hmm. off even in Pittsburgh, right? So, oh yeah, it's, it's it seems definitely like there's something more with Claypool from a I mean, and it's hard. You don't know the guy, so you don't want to put anything on him. But is it is it just like um, an effort thing? Is it uh, is he coaching talent? You know what's going on with him? Because he should be better than being a guy who you, you're swapping sixth and seventh rounders in twenty twenty five for. So I obviously knew about him before the Steelers drafted him, but of course, if the Steelers take someone, I dig in deep, 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 deep. And you know, after they picked them in the middle of the second round. You know, he had some traits, big, strong, fast. I mean, at Notre Dame, he played a lot of special teams and made tackles and effort stuff, toughness stuff. And he did show that early here in Pittsburgh and then jogged through a lot of routes, wouldn't block, you know, that kind of thing, and quickly fell out of favor. And from what I understand, it was more of the same in Chicago. And they're trying to build a culture and don't need Hmm. that kind of stuff, you know? Interesting. Uh, Josina Anderson has a little bit of a background on that. And she said... Uh, from what I'm hearing and been hearing over the last week, the Steelers moved on from what they felt like was somewhat of a distraction behind the scenes. I'm told the mm-hmm. Claypool move has been on the table for at least two weeks, and that was last year. And then she updated it this year. That was before the, the last trade from Pittsburgh to Chicago. And then now, today, she says, on the day of Chase Claypool's trade from Pittsburgh to Chicago last year, we reported there were internal issues with the Steelers' young wide receiver. Some did not want to hear it at the time. In reflecting, Pittsburgh had drafted George Pickens, uh, who went on to have 801 yards. Uh, it's a very long one, by the way, um, on Twitter. And so you can go to find Josina Anderson and give him this background. But uh, subsequently, uh, there were many emotions as the season progressed. Claypool worked to underline the, his status within the unit and set him up for his own payday too. And part of this is like Claypool thinks he's number one. He's in the contract year last year was rookie contract. Right. So probably wants to be featured. wasn't happening in Pittsburgh. Unhappy, not happening in Chicago, unhappy, still only 25 years old. But um, according to uh, uh, some sources to Josina, Claypool has all of the physical traits, but he's got to get it together or things could spiral even faster with the dolphins. So there you go. And this is last chance. I mean, same thing yep. with Acres, you know. So we'll see how that works out for the Miami Dolphins, for Chase Claypool. And I think it's a good fit. And Mike McDaniel seems like the a player's type of a coach that maybe he could he might get the at, most out of him. Look right. at things differently and it'd get something out of him that he wasn't getting out of before. And maybe a wake-up call for Chase Claypool as well in this one. Um more on this Bears game here. Let's start with the 40-20 to 20 Thursday night win for the Chicago Bears, who finally get off the schneid and win a football game here. And it's a road game on a Thursday, which is really difficult for a lot of teams. And so when you look at just the last two weeks now, and this is two out of five, so you're starting to get a little sample. You're starting to, to string some things together. 
Justin Fields, 15 of 29, really hot early like last week and, and uh, hotter earlier in the game than later. But four touchdown passes in this one, 125.3 quarterback rating, three of those TD passes going to DJ Moore. DJ Moore's big breakout game with the Bears here now. Eight catches, 230 yards, three touchdowns, average 28.8 when he touched the ball. Was this just the Washington Commanders not being able to cover, or are we starting to see something here? Is Justin Fields fixed, Matt? I'm starting to lean towards fix is a big word, but trending the right way. It sure seems like Getsy and Fields are complementing each other now as opposed to butting heads and not figuring out you know the best way to use Fields. They ran the ball really well in this game, 178 yards, and a lot of that was in the second half, but they lost all three. Uh, they lost the running backs. They were handing the ball to a fullback to end the game out. Fields threw the ball really well. I mean, you and I have both said that He's not a bad passer of the football. I mean, it's a process. Oh, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not a physical, not able to throw the ball thing. I mean, he's got a great arm. He's yeah. accurate. He's accurate down the field. He can sling the heck out of it. Uh, it's It was like a clear picture thing. And it just seems like the picture has been so much clearer getting to the back of his drop, letting it go, letting it fly. And and I like them taking shots because that's one of his strengths. And then that mm-hmm. opens up the, the run game as well. So uh, kind of top to bottom. Blocking's been better. Receivers yeah. making plays after the catch, getting open. Um, so I, it's it's really top to bottom. So it's hard to put it all on one thing. But I, I don't know what happened a couple of weeks ago. But it looks like a different football team, and, and Fields looks like a different quarterback than the first three weeks of the season. Absolutely, and uh, I'm not going to imply that they would pass on Caleb Williams. I mean, if one of those two picks ends up being that, or Drake May, or whoever. But I also think you know if he keeps this up a little bit more. And we're going to see a whole year to judge him, which is perfect for the Bears and for him. I mean, they're going to get more than what the Niners got for Trey Lance if they decide to move on from him, you know. So he would have at least some value. You've seen NFL yes. work from him and a body of work. And uh, sure. The, but I, to be honest with you, the Caleb William thing is going to take care of itself because if we, if he yeah. plays yeah, right. like this, they're going to win too many games and they won't have the first pick. And so that won't be a question. If they do have the first pick, unless Carolina play. does. Well, that's true. They have Carolina's pick. They'll say that. Yeah, that's kind of fun. That, yeah, that, yeah. that does add a little element there for the Chicago Bears. That will be fascinating going forward. I'll talk more next about the the Commanders side of things here, and then of course we're going to make the rest of our picks for Week Five next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And Bird Dogs, you know what they do? They make you look good, but they feel good as well while they're making you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs fixed any of those issues by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches in all the ways you need it to. So you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement for whatever you are doing. If you are at the office, if you are at a barbecue, if you are uh, hanging out by the pool, if you are on the golf course, you will love your Bird Dogs. You'll look good. And they are so versatile and so comfortable. And maybe if you, uh, you know, if you, if you are getting a little active in your bird dogs, they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric as well to keep you cool and dry all day long. Love my short pants from bird dogs. Love my long pants from bird dogs. And they are functional for any occasion. Workout, lounge work, uh, golf, date, evening out, whatever it is. 
utilize those bird dogs and they've all got all kinds of different styles there. You can get them with the, the liner in them. I've got a pair, a pair of bird dog shorts with the liner that I love uh, hanging out in, lounging in. You can jump in the pool with them if you want to as well. So go to birddogs.com, get yourself a pair, birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So we talked bears. Th- things working a lot better for the bears the last two weeks. And it's interesting because it's taken the bears. It, it took them even more games last year to figure it out. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, is Justin Fields fixed? They got things working. Things are a lot better. Okay. <laughs> things are trending up. They win a lot of games last year, but it looked better in the second half of the season. And they, they start off so bad again. And then they start getting it fixed again. It's, it's kind of problematic. Even if they are figuring out, it's like, you can't waste multiple weeks in an NFL season looking like the worst team in the NFL. So anyway, uh, we'll put a, a button in that one for the Chicago bears going forward. Now one and four on the season, they got themselves a W the Washington commanders are just having a roller coaster of a year, Matt. They, oh. they allowed the Chicago bears to put up 40 points on them and they, uh, they fall to two and three on the season after this 40 to 20 loss and if you look at the box score running the ball they couldn't do it but they were down early so they kind of abandoned it they 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 attempted 10 passes 10 sam howell attempted 51 passes <laughs> yeah only 37 of them for 388 yards he did have one interception but he had two touchdowns uh a, just a a myriad of receivers that were targeted in, in caught balls in this game unfortunately for my fantasy team terry mclaurin uh, didn't have a big one four catches for 49 but uh, it, it's really hard for me to figure out what's going on with this commander's team. The thing that stood out to me, and it's what helped the Bears get to 40, and you want to give the Bears credit, DJ Moore credit, Justin Fields credit, but Washington looked awful on the back end in this game. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, their D-line came to play as it always should. There's no excuse for it not to, and it has to. Their first-round pick, Forbes, got benched. The back seven looked lost and consistently beat and poor tackling. I don't know what to think of Sam Howell. I kind of love him. I kind of hate him. You know, like, (laughs) he's fun to watch. He's unbelievably competitive. He had a a Mike Allstott run or two. But it's just chaos with this guy. And, of course, he takes five sacks, as was the case every week for this team and this this quarterback. Mm -hmm. And plays out of structure time and time again. And But throws for 388. I mean, I don't know what to think of this guy, but he's fun to watch. 9, 10, 11. I'm counting the uh, the number of receivers that caught passes from Sam Howell in this game. Mm-hmm. Howell completed passes to 11 different receivers on the Washington roster. Justin Fields completed passes to three total receivers, three. one wide receiver. T.J. Moore is the only wide receiver wow. that caught a pass for the Bears in this one. Uh, he had Darnell Mooney uh, a couple of times. They just weren't able to hook up four attempts, zero catches toward uh, Darnell Mooney, but five catches for Cole Komet, two for Robert Tanya. Uh, just just a, a very strange when you look at the box score, how different these teams played and how different the, yeah. the offenses looked here. Um, but 11 different receivers caught a ball from Sam Howell. And so you split, spread it around. He was, they were throwing the heck out of it, trying to get back in this game. I think the very last thing we said when we were previewing this game, Matt, was okay. I, I picked the I picked the Commanders because I thought they were going to win up front. The D line looked good, but I, the, they did not win that battle up front, both sides of the ball, like they like I thought against the Bears, which I think was was really big and kind of 
does get lost in this when you look at what happened with the you know with the with the passing game from the Bears against the secondary of Washington. Um, the Bears held their own up front, which is huge for them. Yeah, and I think the Washington O line needs some offseason work as well. Yeah. Bears O line had some injuries; they had to shuffle through. Last little note on this: so, like going into this game, the Bears were on a fourteen-game losing streak, and on a long, you know, pseudo bye week, if they lost this game, I thought that Eberflus was going to get fired today. You know, so oh, for sure, I, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I do you think Eberflus? The problem is they don't have; they already lost their defensive coordinator. The oh, you right. probably want to if things didn't turn around on offense, you might fire the offense coordinator before you even fired Eberflus anyway. So I don't know who you would you you run out of coaches to even put in an interim role there as well. So that would have been one of the difficult things for the Bears, but absolutely job saving game for Chicago here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like we're talking about, I'm like, wow, they were really good. I mean, like. I'm not ready to even say they're an average team yet. I mean, they lost 14 in a row coming in, you know, but it looked like a different squad than we've seen. I mean, it's very promising for the quarterback, the whole team, but they were on the brink of gonzo, you know? All right. Uh, I got this question for you then going back to our conversation uh, about the power rankings. Did the bears climb out of your tier of despair into just the tier of badness? Perhaps, you know, let's see how the rest of the week goes, but could they? I, they're probably not thirty-two anymore. I mean, there's some yeah. pretty. Uh, I mean, would they beat the Giants right now? You know, that's a good place, Carolina. To be. Yeah, head coaches didn't get fired, and yeah. you're not. You're maybe not the worst team in the NFL right now. You have a, a competent players making plays. You put up forty points. You might there's have not, a quarterback. You might. There's have not many teams, Matt. Probably, I would love to go back and see an NFL history that put up forty points and ended up having the worst record in the league that year. Good point. Yeah, forty yeah, points yeah. in a single game. Hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you missed yesterday's show, we did our six pack. Go back and, and hear our reasoning for them. I'll, I'll give you my picks. I did miss. I did pick the commanders. Got that one way wrong. Uh, got had the this is against the spread. Dolphins over Giants. Jets over Broncos. Lions over the Panthers. Patriots over Saints. Texans over Falcons. Steelers over the Ravens. Uh, getting points there um, is the is the picks I had for this week. Now let's get into the rest of the schedule, Matt. And of course, we're using the, the spreads from. Our friends at FanDuel. And we've got another London ball game, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, it's a it, what's what's funny is that it's a road game for them, but this is a home game. This is a nice bonus for yeah. them. And, and the Bills kind of get jobbed by one of their home games being in London. And it is the two and two Jaguars hosting, but not hosting the home team, three and one Buffalo Bills. Buffalo favored by five and a half. I was curious about that. I always went to check that when these back-to-back Jags games, were they going to count them both as home games for Jacksonville or one was away, but it was one and one, as you mentioned. So the Bills do lose a home game, but the AFC has nine home games this year instead of eight, and they did that on purpose. So there you have it. Um, I think staying over there is a massive advantage. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people that – I mean, frankly, people that I work with with Steelers that have traveled over there and say it takes a long time before you really get your bearings under you. And I think Buffalo only left like a day or so ago. Most teams leave earlier than they did. I'm still taking the Bills, though. I just think they're playing tremendous football. We might see Von Miller in this game in spot duty. And I just think they're a noticeably better team than Jacksonville right now. But this is going to be a fun game. I love the way the Bills are playing, but uh, I'm yeah. going to take that London advantage for the Jaguars and take the the home, not home dog points. Five and a half. I like that for Jacksonville. They showed a lot more sign. They're a better team than what their record and what their overall performance has been this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is a nice come together couple of weeks for them. 
in London. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and take the Jaguars and take the points. I'm very tempted because I think Lawrence is playing tremendous and the numbers don't quite reflect it. How about the Tennessee Titans at two and two? At the two and two Indianapolis Colts, this is playoff implications potentially. Right? You know, yeah. the the Jaguars are only two and two. You know, there's 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 a chance that either the Titans or the Colts win this game, and they're at first place in the AFC South. Tennessee on the road, favored by two and a half. I don't have a strong feeling on this one either. I mean, I think I'm going to take the home dog for that reason. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think they're pretty equal teams if we were to power rank them. The Colts might be playing Jonathan Taylor. How crazy is that? But Richardson's going to be back, but nobody runs on the Titans, you know, which I find, you know, interesting for, you know, Richardson's case. Can he beat them through the air? I think he can. Can Pittman have a big day? I don't like where Tennessee's at, and I think the Colts' defense is close enough to, or good enough to keep this thing as a very low-scoring game. So if you're going to give me two and a half, I'm in. You know, this is a, an odd week. Because in week five, you get that opportunity for players to come off pup, come off the, that IR. Yeah, yeah. And with uh, with the Colts, it's been a little cloak and dagger. I don't know exactly what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. And and, and I'm with you. I, I would still take the Colts. But if I knew Jonathan Taylor was going to play, I think this it swings. It, it does swing the line for me. Um, but I like the home dog here just because I think these teams are even. I don't know what to expect. Division opponents, um, you know, X-Factor, Anthony Richardson, give me the points here, two and a half uh, with the Colts, and it's an extra bonus if uh, you do get, you know, a difference-making type of player like Jonathan Taylor playing. And similarly, Cooper Cup could be back for the Rams. He's been limited at practice. I think he will be, yeah. And once you get limited to start the week, and, he, you know, they started that three-week window, he doesn't have to play this week. It could be next week. could be the week after that. You get 21 days that started on Wednesday this week but you know limited we'll see we don't know what the the practice report yet is for friday um what's that mean for puka nakua i don't know but they're playing the eagles and they are at home but they're hosting the two and two rams are hosting the four and oh eagles here and philly is favored by four points with or without cup this is a tough one it is but i'm sitting here looking at the team tiers for epa and it's just a graph of you know you're up here for offense down here for defense and these two teams are basically right on top of each other. You know, they're above average offense, about middle of the road defense. And that adds up. If you take the titles away from the teams and just, you know, look how they're playing, they're about exactly the same, to be honest with you. And the Eagles have found a way to win. I think Stafford's outplaying Hurts at the moment. I don't exactly think of the Rams having a great home field advantage in the home dog situation. And I'm sure there'll be some green in the stands, but. I think they keep this to within a field goal. I mean, if this was two and a half, I'd take the Eagles, but I'm looking at four, right? Yeah, four. And okay, I'll take the four. It's a tough one for me. I I would like to go home dog here, but Stafford's been getting hit a lot, a little banged yeah, up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Cooper Cup helps because Puka Nakua has been been playing the role of Cooper Cup. And do you, what does that do? Actually, uh, let's hold. I think on he that. turns into Robert Woods. I want to ask you that question next and okay. it's the fantasy version of that question, but I'm going to give up the points here with the Eagles because their, their D line's too good. Uh, they could, they could land on Matthew Stafford quite a few times in this one. They're just a better football team. So uh, I'm going to actually give up the points, take the Philadelphia Eagles in this one against the Rams. We'll make the rest of our picks next next, including a really good Sunday nighter Cowboys 49ers mm-hmm. as well. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun you will have playing fantasy, daily fantasy football this season. And while you're having all that fun, you can win up to 25 times your money, and it could not be more easy. 
You just select two or more players and pick more or less on their projected stats at prize picks and then place your entry. Do it in 60 seconds. Just a couple taps and you can turn $10 into $250 uh, with prize picks playing daily fantasy and with prize picks reboot policy. This is really interesting. Nobody else is doing this. Your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So get involved, play daily fantasy sports at Prize Picks, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL, or download the app and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. I got a mailbag question for at Williamson NFL and I have Cooper cup on my IR on my fantasy team. And I also picked up Puka Nakua. Who's been the best player on my fantasy team this year, Matt, my plan right now, as my lineups currently constructed is they're both in the lineup because I don't know what to do with them. And I want all those points and they could be thrown from behind. And I want the number one guy for Matthew Stafford. So I might be getting only one player's worth of production with two guys, but I'll, at least I'll be guaranteed to get all those targets, whether they stay with Puka or they revert back to Cooper cup. Am I doing the right thing? I think so. Now we had this exact conversation and we didn't agree on hardly anything on my Steelers show, Dale Lawley and I, you know, he, he thought, boy, this kills him. Cups, not close to the value that you paid for him. The only thing we agreed on is it really hurts Higby and it really helps Stafford. Okay, great. I think it's good for both. And, and I even laid out that scenario. I'm like, I bet there's a lot of teams that drafted cup and then paid big for Puka and have both. And I think both of them, are probably, like, if I were to do wide receiver ranks, which I'd never do, you know, for week to week, I bet they would be between 10 and 30 for both of them. Cup above Puka, of course, assuming he's 100%. So, to me, they're both fantasy starters. And I mentioned on the other side, I think it's more Cup and, in his prime, Robert Woods, you know, with the the Rams and back in the day, yeah. you know? Okay. And, and that's fine. Yeah, I'll take that, you know? I value my yeah. big worry is I kind of here's my thought, uh, and I'm always trying to st- to stay a step ahead. My thought is I'm trying to trade Puka this week because if Puka goes yeah. out with three targets and Cooper Cup gets twelve, Puka's value is go- immediately gone. Forever. This is actually what we most fought about, and the conversation was: Do you trade Puka now, or I said his value is the lowest it's been right now because every if i'm if you offer me puka i'm like man i'd really like to see one game with cup before i invest in him yeah but if it's a two target day then you can't get anything for him you know where a week ago if he was worth a buck a week ago i think he's worth 85 cents now but he might go up to 90 cents or 95 cents on monday or he could fall to 50 cents you know what i mean like right. now's yeah. a volatile time to trade him it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of other games to get to here. We've got Chiefs and Vikings. And uh, that is the three and one Chiefs. They are in Minnesota at the one and three Vikings. Three and a half Kansas City favorite here. As bad as the Chiefs, the Vikings have played this year, I feel like this one's a little low. What am I missing, Matt? I think so too. Tough place to play. 
I think Minnesota scores points, and there's quite a bit of points in this game. I'm not the slightest bit worried about the Chiefs, but they're not the juggernaut that we think they are at the moment, you know. So I'll take three and a half at home. 52 and a half, the biggest uh, over under of the week, too. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. A lot of points. Do the Vikings end up hanging? I'm actually going to go the other way and give up the three and a half. And right. take Green City. I thought Minnesota would have one of the bottom five defenses in the league, and it's okay. It's average. Yeah. Yeah, that might it's be average. average. It's, yeah, it's, average. it's not as bad as the Denver. It's Broncos. not dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how about Bengals Cardinals? What do we think about the one and three Bengals and the one and three Cardinals right now? After a month of the season in October, did you think the Cards and the Bengals would have the same record? Bengals on the road, favored by three. Who's the better football team right now? You know, like if you're to power rank them, 111 games in Wichita, Kansas. I think Arizona's playing better. I don't think you can argue that Joshua Dobbs is playing better football than than Joe Burrow right now. I don't think it's even close. I mean, he's like three tiers ahead of him. And Dobbs is kind of average. Now, could Burrow awake from his slumber at any minute and throw for 400 against his team? That day's probably coming someday this week, but I don't see any indications or this year, but I don't see any indications of it happening now. I'll take another home dog. I'm going to go home dog here. I just like how competitive the Cardinals have been. Yeah. At least keep this one close at home uh, and just have not liked anything I've seen from the Bengals. But you're right. They could wake from their slumber at any moment. Will it happen on the road? Will it happen after the bye week at home? You know, it's hard to say with Cincinnati. So uh, really interesting one there. I also think T. Higgins probably doesn't play. I mean, he's got a broken rib. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that makes it difficult and makes it easier to to scheme against when you Mm -hmm. one guy, you know, you got to try to stop. And we got the the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. Game of the week here, Sunday nighter, prime time. Two teams that expect to be in the playoffs. Only one loss between those two teams. The 3-1 Cowboys at the 4-0 49ers. Niners at home favored by four. Take it away. So tell me what you think. I'm torn on this one. I mean, this is your team. I want to hear your take on this game. What are the keys? This is, this is a popcorn game. Mm-hmm. Um, the 49ers are playing such good football across the yeah. board. But we need to learn a little bit more about both these teams because neither team has really played a difficult schedule. To you're, right, you're right. This is the only. This is really the first good team that either the Niners or the Cowboys have faced this year. Do you remember Week One? T.J. Watt sacked Purdy three times, uh, two strip sacks. They lost one of those fumbles. The 49ers did, but the offense was so bad, and the 49ers were beating the Steelers so bad everywhere else. It didn't matter. If that happens with DeMarcus Lawrence and and um and Micah Parsons in this game, it will hurt the 49ers. So uh that's an interesting angle to me. But the, the 49ers are too good. I think the ball's gonna come out quick. We just saw uh how difficult it was to cover Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield that sort of unleashed that wrinkle last week with the with the passing game to Christian McCaffrey. I like the 49ers. I do like the 49ers by four, so I'm gonna take them in this one. But this is a popcorn game, and I'm really interested to see how both these teams look against really good competition to the best defenses in the league. So as you're doing that, I went to Sumer Sports, not Summer, S-U-M-E-R. It's a new site, um, and they do really good work. It's very, it's all analytically based, It's and they have their version of DVOA, and it's free. And I just wanted to check, you know, because they have a really good strength of schedule metric, and they have two columns here, strength of schedule before this week, and then strength of schedule going forward. 
Dallas has played the easiest schedule in the league. The Niners have played the second easiest schedule. And oh, by the way, Dallas now has the hardest schedule going forward, starting with this really challenging matchup. So Hmm. we're about to learn a lot about the Cowboys, you know, and I think we're going to learn a lot about the Niners too. I keep taking these points today. I think I was the opposite yesterday. Uh Three, three and a half. You said it is four. I believe. Oh, even better. Okay. If it was over three, I'm taking the points. I think it's a very even matchup. And I can't imagine the Dallas beating the Niners by two touchdowns, but I could imagine the other way around. Right. And that's why I kind of wanted to take yeah. the 49ers at home. And I, they just look so good top to bottom in this one. They really but do. Again, they really the, do. you know, they haven't played a team as good as the Cowboys, granted. So we'll see what that looks like. Although they have beat a team that did beat the Cowboys this year. I mean, I think it's 30 27, you know, 27 24. Mm-hmm. If this was under three, I would take the home team, but over three, I want. Dallas. It could be a good one. Uh, I can't wait for that. Oh, it's one. Be a good one. Yeah. Uh, Monday night, Packers Raiders. The two and two Packers at the one and three Raiders. Raiders playing bad ball, favored at home by one, Matt, but the Packers have been a really up and down team now the last few weeks. This is in Vegas. Yes. And, and I mentioned that because two weeks ago, my Steelers traveled to Vegas for a primetime game and 60% of the ticket sales were Pittsburgh and people that were there said basically 75% of the, of the stadium was Pittsburgh. And I say that because the Packers will travel as well. I mean, this is going to be loud for Vegas. Every Vegas, fan base is like, Oh, look, which game do you want to go to? Which away games? Like, Oh, let's go to Las Vegas. that one, right. that one. And party all day long. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And it's easy to fly to flights are cheap. You know, Raiders fans right now are probably like, oh, I could give up a ticket or two. Yeah, I'll get them to make a nice buck for it. I'm not right. super excited about my Raiders. Actually, I have a really good friend who's had season tickets, you know, dating back to Oakland, which wasn't that long ago, and he has seats in uh, in Las Vegas, and he goes to one game a year, sells the rest. So yeah, it makes sense. And yeah. frankly, I don't even know how many residents of Vegas grew up Raiders fans. I mean, I'm sure people that grew up in Oakland and L.A. travel there, but it's not easy. You know, it's not like our hometowns, you know, mm-hmm. Green Bay or whatever. I think Green Bay wins big. Yeah. I'm shocked that this line's this small, to be honest. I'm gonna take I'm I'm gonna take Green Bay as well in this one, and you get a little point on top of it. So mm-hmm. I like that quite a bit. It's a good week, week five. We're learning a lot about teams. We're in October, Matt. October football. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. And of course, Matt and I will be back Monday breaking it all down right here. Peacock and Williamson. <laughs> 